Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today we have part two with our good friend Robbie Watson. He will continue to share his community development knowledge with us, so let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Welcome to the Education Equals Hope Hopecast. I am Cameron Gravy-Vanco. And I am Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I'm the co-founder of Equals Age and the director of the program in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals Age in Ecuador as well. Education Equals Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. We do that through micro-scholarships. And the main purpose for this podcast is to be able to keep you, our dear listeners, supporters, friends, and partners in ministry informed as to what is happening with Equals H here in Ecuador. We could not do it without you. So thank you very, very, very much. And welcome back today to our special guest, Robbie Watson. He was with us last week. Um, we heard his stories and adventures in Rwanda mm-hmm. and just some of the some of the tidbits he dropped. I can't begin to process that <laughs> that refugee camps are around for a decade long enough for Oscar to get, if you hopefully you listened last week at this person Oscar to go away to finish three years of school and then come back and then he goes away and gets a university degree and comes back and um there are so many questions, but that's not what we're talking about today. Great. Whole nother podcast. <laughs> Whole nother podcast. <laughs> today we're going to look at, um, so those experiences uh, showed you, Robbie, the benefit and the need of com- education mm-hmm. and community development. So that took you and Steph uh, eventually to Scotland to get a master's in that. Am mm-hmm. I tracking? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to reiterate... I saw in the refugee camp and the programs the refugees themselves were running um, how the community gathered together around this idea of education and how important education was in, in the lives of the refugees. And, and yes, it got to a point where I was like, I need to know how to do what I'm doing better, um, which drove us to look at master's degree programs. And so, um, just give us the highlights of that program. Can you? Like, what do, what do we need to know? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you got a few like, months so we can talk about this? We got about 19 <clears throat> minutes. Great. Um, yeah, I'll say that, I mean, it's a, I mean, the title of the degree says a lot. Uh, I think the full title is it's a Master of Education in Adult Education, Community Development, and Youth Work. Mm-hmm. And I took the community development focus, but the, the whole program was under that title. Um, and seeing and using education as a an element, as a tool of community development. Um, so we talk about how education or community development is an educative process, as in everyone involved is learning mm-hmm. in one way or another. Um, so it centers a lot, a lot of the work that I, I learned how to do and that I'm doing now um, centers on conversations, on dialogue, on um, helping people understand their own realities differently. Um, so we, as outsiders, walk into a community and we can read a book about the community or we can observe or walk around or eat the local food, but we, we don't know the depths of the mm-hmm. issues of the culture. Um, it's a completely different world. 
Um, even that's true for, you know, if you come from an affluent background and you're seeking to work with the people in poverty down the street, you mm-hmm. know, those are different cultural experiences there. Um, so we walk in not as saviors, let's say, not with God complexes, as they say in the book, When Helping Hurts, um, but, but we walk in as learners. Mm-hmm. And our first job is to understand what the situations are um, and, and what kind of culture we're, we're working in. Again, that, uh, that goes back to what we've seen in so much in, uh, in our work of if you don't know the problem you're trying to solve, you're probably not going to solve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you don't understand the, uh, all of it, then, um, yeah, you can shoot, you can shoot the arrow and then go draw a target around the arrow where it landed. Be like, Oh look, we made it a hundred percent. Exactly. Right. Or, uh, the, the better reality. I mean, the, there's just more truth in the fact that you really do have to study. I'm really, mm-hmm. thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I see, and this is true in a lot of the literature surrounding community development, that the practitioner, the community developer, or the missionary or minister or whatever the, the context is um, for us as these practitioners, we're, we're more of a facilitator or a catalyst or an animator, as some say, um, trying to encourage discussions and conversations about the situations. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it's interesting where we can, as outsiders, can see things that maybe the locals don't see, mm-hmm. but the locals, being experts and, you know, of their own existences, uh-huh. can tell us things and show us things that we won't be able to see as outsiders or mm-hmm. won't be able to understand. And there's a great example of that in a meeting I had yesterday talking about a program we are doing in Kalagali where uh, my Ecuadorian colleague leaned over and it's like, okay, here's a cultural thing you need to know. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, I wouldn't have known that, but like now that's a part of the discussion of mm-hmm. me, of that understanding of mine. Um, so thinking too in the ways of, of how the outsider can, can help other people see, not that we come in with expectations saying, mm-hmm. oh, these poor people in this poor community don't have this thing or don't know about this thing, but I'm going to tell them and that's going to change their lives. Uh-huh. They may not need that thing that you're bringing in. So right. we need to be aware of the expectations that we're bringing to the table. Um, and, but, but be able to see the, let's say, I want to use the word gaps perhaps or, uh-huh. or incongruities between how people talk about things. For example, um, I was doing a community project when we were living in Glasgow um, part of the degree, but part we were working, Steph and I were working part-time with our organization, doing uh, work with communities and, and especially refugees there in Glasgow. And we were doing a lot of um, interviews with local community members in this um, poor section of Glasgow mm-hmm. um, where, where our church operated. And they did a lot of great stuff in the community, but they were starting to open this other space that just a side note, but it used to be this pub that mm-hmm. was known for violence and drug running and stuff. It was eventually shut down. It was closed for years and they bought the property and renovated it and turned it into a church, um, oh. which is a fascinating story of redemption there. Um, but as we were, as they were jumping into that project, project, um, they were asking the community about the needs of the community and, and this and that. And it was interesting to have those conversations with, with local people where, you know, when identifying needs, they're like, oh, 
there's no one to help or uh, everyone's isolated. You know, these were, these were some of the negatives in the community. And we were like, what's good about the community? And people are like, oh, the sense of community. Everyone's very close. Hmm. And I'm like, well, what do we do with that? discrepancy where it's like is everyone close in a community or is everyone isolated, isolated. In their own, you know so like as you know as we bring that up in conversations and start to tease apart like what are the issues here and, and why would you say this and why would you say this and and what's what's behind the the screen mm-hmm. so to speak so that's part of the job of a community developer is to help other people examine their own existences in new ways and imagine that um like a lot of helping professions, really the key to it is asking good questions mm-hmm. because they have all the answers. Right. But just asking those questions. Okay, so the education, community development. Okay, what what else do we need to know? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that, what, well, I, I teach community development with the interns we have at El Refugio and um, with the study abroad program connected mm-hmm. to youth world, um, living and learning. Um, and one of the main things that I talk about is who we are mm-hmm. as these practitioners, as these com- community developers, um, because we're not aware of our own culture or background or, or thoughts or expectations. We're going to bring things to the table that are unhelpful mm-hmm. um, into these interactions, and we're going to try to help maybe with good intentions, but we're going to do harm if, if we're trying to impose something on mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to be aware of ourselves and the word we use, the fancy word that I like to use is positionality. Ooh, positionality. Right? <laughs> what is your positionality? <laughs> but it's, it's the understanding, the awareness of where you come from, your economic background, your racial background, your educational background, political thoughts, what kind of expectations you have about how the world works and how you operate in it and what expectations or where your position is in the people you're trying to help. Do mm-hmm. they see you as a benevolent oppressor? Do they see you as a savior? Do they see you as something else? Or what are the cultural contexts within that? So understanding your position within the context that you're working, it requires a lot of self-awareness and a lot of humility. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is where I, I do like to... Um, well, I, the way I teach community development is everything is based on the kingdom of God. We're looking at how Jesus lived and worked and acted as our example. And he was the perfect example of humility and care and compassion for other people. And so how do we work that kind of stuff in? And so um, it takes a lot of humility, but like that's the example we have in Jesus to mm-hmm. examine the systems we're a part of and say, is this working? Is it hurting people? How can we change it if it is? Mm-hmm. Um, or how do we how are we perpetuating certain systems of oppression subtly or unsubtly or unconsciously perhaps um, in, in whatever context in which we're working. Um, So that's, yeah. So one of the things, there's a whole class I teach just dedicated to trying to understand where we're coming from and, and, just being aware that there are other ways of existing in the world or other ways to show humility, to show compassion. Because something that we think, oh, this would be really nice in our culture isn't nice in another culture. So we need to be aware of those kinds of things. Do you have any horror stories you could share with us? (laughs) One that hasn't gone well. (laughs) Oh, probably. I mean, they're mostly from books. So Mm, I'll I'll just share one of my real-life horror stories in that. 
horror story? A horror story. Oh, wow. I okay. mean, we use it in, in the partnership orientation, but when you don't understand the culture, you don't understand the cultural cues mm-hmm. and you want to apply your background, your, what was that word? Positionality, mm-hmm. your positionality. There was uh, a short-term mission team that was not from Ecuador. Uh, let me try that again. Clearly not from Ecuador, <laughs> <laughs> not from our through youth world. They were just down with a denomination. And because I was connected to that uh, denomination where the church was headed, they asked me to come um, support. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of the, well, there are two different stories that have the same background. One of them was a, a group of contractors who came down. They were going to help Carmen Bajo do some building. And um, Fabian had dutifully gone and had the budget that had been provided and used the best of his ability to get the best supplies that he could. And and I'm the person they are translating. And there are grown men with their arms crossed saying, I'm not using that lumber. That lumber is the wrong wood for this door. I'm not going to do it. It's wrong. Okay. Okay, I can I I can understand that in your fine housing business that you own that you would not use this particular. It was part a a really thick compressed particle board, but it was the cheapest thing that Fabian could get to put on this door. And I just want to say, seventeen years later, that door is still standing. Thank you very much. (laughs) Just gonna throw that out there. Right. But it was this huge deal of like it was this man's pride was involved in the fact that he was not gonna use that wood on that door, Mm -hmm. which in a certain context you want him to have that pride. You want him to have that that standard. But when you're coming into a different situation and a different ministry, Mm -hmm. the fact that his pride got the best of him and he refused to serve or be helpful mm-hmm. and actually one of his buddies was like i'll do it and like <laughs> he went off and he sulked for the rest of the day wow. this door got put up with this substandard wood but 17 years later it's still there it's still doing its thing mm-hmm. so yeah i mean you you have to adapt in certain instances to what the context you're in has mm-hmm. you know if you don't have a home depot with whatever kind of wood that you want down the street then I guess you're going to use the particle board that you don't want to use. Mm. Um, which makes me think of um, the idea of humility being not not thinking less of yourself, but having a, a true and honest understanding of yourself mm. um, and understanding what you bring to the table. So um, our friend Grodia, who I talked about in the last episode, who is the leader of this community organization um, within, within the refugee camp where I used to work, um, he was a man of great wisdom, and he used to talk about um, the partnership with with our organization and JCM, the community organization in the refugee camp, as in, in terms of the fishes and the loaves of Jesus feeding the five thousand. Mm-hmm. And he and he say, you know, like here's you have not enough food, clearly not enough food, two fishes, five loaves, but God works a miracle and feeds all these people. And, and he talked about that in terms of in our relationship. So, like, he said sometimes the refugees in a certain project or instance don't have a lot to bring to the table, and we, we can only bring two fish. And you, Mzungu's um, white people with, the, with the, the resources, can bring five loaves to the table. But whatever we bring to the table, God can mm-hmm. work a miracle. But sometimes 
the refugees know more of the context or the language is very important right now or, you know, there's more local power. And so we bring six fish to the table and mm-hmm. and your organization can only bring one loaf. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's more equal with three and four or four and three. And so it, it was this incredible look at partnership as, I mean, through the lens of a great parable, a uh, great story from the Gospels, but also understanding what we're bringing to the table mm-hmm. as as community developers, as partners across cultures. And that's one of the, the gifts that we have in and Education was Hope and how we're set up is that we have those partner ministries, mm-hmm. the, those two parts coming to the table, like you said, um, and Diocese more brings the fish and we bring the bread or Brain Pastor brings the bread and we bring some fish. And, and I love that we have the opportunity to build those deep relationships with leadership so that they take the fish and the loaves mm-hmm. And we, we break bread together and they decide how to distribute and go from there. That it's um, the power there is in standing with people and marking their power and their decision. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And the fact that it's more, sometimes we just, we need the community around us to acknowledge this thing that is happening and then it feels like a real thing as opposed to like, not a big deal. Here's some fish, here's some bread and mm-hmm. we're done. Like we, and that, what that does in our, in our spirits and our souls, does this, that might making any sense. You're both just kind of looking at me. Never mind. Okay. Back to you, Robbie. <laughs> no, no, I get it. It's, it's in, encouraging in a way to, mm-hmm. to uh, be in a partnership that encourages an organization or, or you or whoever the person is to move beyond what they thought was possible. And I have this thought that um, some people listening are of the school that they understand and uh, understand and resonate with the words and the concepts that you're talking about. And some people, and I think maybe a younger Cameron would also be like, yeah, that's really nice, but chop, chop, let's do some like, <laughs> physical, concrete things, Mm -hmm. check a box, mark it off the list. Like, let's move forward. And enough of this, like, sitting around and talking about and, like, let's just figure this out together. It feels so abstract. Yeah. I mean, that's my sweet spot. So I love just sitting and having conversations. (laughs) I I believe that. (laughs) But I've also learned, this is true confessions, um, I've also learned that I can can bulldoze my way in Mm -hmm. and I can slam my fist on the table and say, let's get something done and let's check a box. But ultimately it doesn't actually work very well. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that I have done more harm than good in certain situations because Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to bulldoze and I wanted to make it happen and I wanted to be on my time frame. And we have this team that they have to do this and everyone have to feel good about what they're doing. Because right. it's too hard and messy and ooey gooey and airy fairy to just like sit around and like talk about community development. But the whole reason we asked you to be on the show is because at least for me, I've recognized the wisdom and letting it be not even letting, cause that sounds like I have the control, but being a part of the organic experience mm-hmm. because that's where the lasting effects are mm-hmm. in a poverty alleviation and community development in education. Because you're not going to be in that community forever. I'm not. But the local people are. Exactly. Uh, there's a book about rural development I read last year that had the great line of um, the village is the center, you are periphery. 
Mm-hmm. We are not the people who are there. We're outsiders coming in, and we can help and encourage and, and we should. move things forward. Absolutely, but ultimately, we're on the outside, mm-hmm. and and that village or that whatever the context is. Is, is is central in that process. That's what I love about uh, Romerillos and Guarzaki working with local indigenous pastors mm-hmm. who they know the ins and outs. They mm-hmm. know. I was like, oh, if we could just have somebody on the inside. Oh, wait, we do. <laughs> that guy. We do have people on the inside. <laughs> yeah. And supporting them is, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't have to be me or Jorjito. We don't have to be the people that go in to be the community developers supporting the pastors that are there and as they work day in and day out in their communities. It's just an incredible privilege. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks again, Robbie, Thank for uh, being a part of our show. We're awesome. going to come back one more time and talk about uh, hopes and dreams for what that's going to do and happen with the Educational Equals Hope Program and Kali Kali. But appreciate you being here. And uh, if you'd like to be a part of Education Equals Hope, I was like, I have one more thing to say. Um, please go to the website, educationequalshope.org. Um, find that Donate Now button. We cannot do any micro scholarships um, and use that as our tool for community development without your support. So thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing. Thank you for your support and presence. And see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.